This is Darian. Hi, Darian. Lana Elko, which such a strong, solid name. Um, <laughs> I appreciate you joining us. So I, I want to just quickly introduce you and inform the listeners how we, you and I connected. Mm-hmm. Um, so Lana is a, I wrote it down, a transformational coach and intimacy expert, the founder of the Empowered Women's Club, and I'm sure probably 10 other things. Um, and a documentarian, I will add. Um, but yeah, I want to, we connected through LinkedIn. You found my profile somehow. Um, and because you're doing the documentary, which I will get into later, but yeah, I think uh, that summarizes your title kind of. Yes. 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 Okay. Whatever, you know, we can go deep into this. I think that it unfolds, you know, in the conversation, that's the feminine way to do it. Right. (laughs) Absolutely. And I know you have a heavy focus on embracing, um, you know, femininity and which, like you said, we will get into, but to start, welcome. I want you to just talk uh, as much as you'd like to about, you know, childhood and where you were born, what that looked like for you. Um, you know, I sent you the questions, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's a good way to start it. Like this is the, our childhood shapes us in many ways. And we do carry lots of subconscious material that is affecting us in adult you know, life as well. So I happy to, I'm happy to share. So obviously you hear my accent. So I'm originally from Ukraine and I was born at the time when the Ukraine was still part of the Soviet Union, right? And I was the child, you know, between two generations when it was like, okay, I was born in the Soviet Union. It fell apart when I was still a child. And there was this loss of values. Whatever they was teaching, they were teaching us. There's like gone within a few months. Like all the paradigm, all the belief system was basically destroyed. And I was like, and I was at school, and it was happening with my parents and my teachers. And it was like, oh my god! Like how can they trust these human beings? They they've been teaching me these things for so long and now they're saying all that all all of that is bullshit (laughs) how old were you i was like 12 i think yeah so it's a good age to become to be aware enough you know of your reality and what you've been absorbing from your culture and your bringing education and i was a bit shocked with this you know loss of values because you know i was a good student uh a plus student always doing my my work you know doing what i'm supposed to do and suddenly everything was falling apart it's like oh wow so for me even at that time i had enough awareness uh, and we can i can mention a few more things about it why i was so aware at the time i recognize it as like okay i just need to you know, watch out <laughs> for myself because I'm not sure I can trust people who can change their belief system so fast, you know, and how deep that. Be- so for me, it was like, wow, that probably was a fake belief system that was just imposed on us rather than like real, something real that people were deeply committed to in their hearts. So that was the sign for me. <laughs> it's I, I believe it's interesting to talk about because you know, uh, it's a different part of the world. At the time, they were like kind of enemies. It was the time of, well, previously it was like the time of the Cold War. So it was like, what was going on on the other side? So this I know part of me is like, uh, maybe we should have interviewed her about something totally different and just talked about that because that is fascinating. Yeah, um, it's definitely. Yeah. yeah, well, maybe we'll schedule part two when you talk about that because it's not like we have a bunch of people from outside the U.S. that we're interviewing. So yeah, that would incredible um but no we're talking about tantric healing and energy and our soul purpose and all of that but again maybe part two (laughs) (laughs) yeah absolutely so uh the the reason i was always interested in uh relationships in general because i felt like the way we were 
taught to relate to each other and the way I was experiencing relationship was not quite satisfying. Like I couldn't really completely trust people. I was not sure people understand themselves enough to like to show up in a way that was satisfying for me. And when it comes to like feminine masculine relationship, when I became a young adult and I started my exploration quite late, like I was 20 or 21, like in between, oh. I was I didn't have like sex at high school. I was like really good girl archetype at the time. And I was just so detached and I was experiencing this extreme non-belonging. I was like, I couldn't relate to how people do relationship. And for me, I was dreaming or fantasizing about this mystery, you know, between feminine, masculine, the depth of the intimacy. What is, you know, the, the subtle kind of experiences coming to me through my spiritual practices because I was and always into this that. was when you were 20 this is when you're 20 when it really started like the wheels really started turning for you even before that so I, I was obviously you know having that awakening as a young woman and I was a, I had some you know attractions at the time but it was just late kind of late bloomer in that in, in exploration uh in my intimate exploration but I just felt like I don't connect with the way people do it. And like, I don't like it. And like, I couldn't like, I couldn't relate on so many levels. So I was like trying to kind of find myself of how can I fit into all of this? <laughs> because yeah. my, my desire was like, whoa, this explosion of experience and mystical experiences and this deep connection and it's like not so much into fairy tales like you know cinderella thing but it's just like the experience in our body and i couldn't really explain it that way it was just so internal that i didn't have words to describe it but i was always i was intuitive you know like whatever you call psychic intuitive since very early age and i kind of shut it down within myself because i felt whenever i share people kind of like don't like it and like they stop. They just feel like they seem uncomfortable, you know, even probably yeah. with yourself. Like, I mean, well, it's just, yeah, it's just different. Like a lot of people. Yeah. Like yeah. So now I identify this as a coex or like life pattern, like challenge of non-belongings. Like some people are born into this world and they're like, why am I here? What am I doing here? I can't relate to anybody. Like, how can they, why, why? <laughs> you know, that's how I felt since very early age. And then I try to somehow, like, we do have a desire, not, not just to fit in, but to find a place of belonging where we have deeper connections with people who can relate to us and understand us. So that's what it is. And, uh, you know, for me, it was the first space the first community that i could claim okay this is my people it was skydiving <laughs> so, skydiving so community like the, the crazy I feel like you needed <laughs> yeah so so for you was it more like it wasn't more so physical it was more of a connection when it come like when it came to like intimacy and all of that yeah, well, at that time, I couldn't really define it. I could feel it in my body. I could, I, I had mystical experiences since very early age. And I could, like, I could predict future sometimes. I was, like, but I kind of shut it down for external world because I didn't really receive good feedback on that side of myself. So I was, like, really hiding that. And I had really rich internal worlds that I was living inside of myself. And, like, maybe, like, 1% was my interaction with the rest of the world. But it felt that these people who jump out of the plane, <laughs> they somehow felt like, you know, my people. So when you, because um, I just know I haven't gone skydiving. She bailed on me. We were supposed to go together. Um, but she went and she's like, had this visceral, incredible experience. Yes, she got sick, but like, you. It was, it was amazing. It was amazing. You were like changed as a person after that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if that same thing happened with you or you're just like, Ma, you know what? I'm going to join a skydiving club randomly. Like how <laughs> did that come into a, it's just like a one-time skydiving situation to like, oh, these are my people. How did that form? Yeah. Um, that was immediate connection. Like the first, the first time I did that 
jump and it was like not even tandem it was like you know old style kind of the parachutes were all from soviet time it was like jumping out of by myself in in ukraine and i just like oh my god the experience in my body this is when i realized i'm totally body person so I've, the the experience in my physical body is extremely important for me and the the experiences that i like edgy like i'm playing the edge i'm like challenging my limits it was really like this is when i discovered this is what is really important for me this is when i leave my full potential and express myself and this is when emotionally and like social connections when i opened up and the first time i felt like wow welcome into my world <laughs> you know i like you i like you <laughs> You know, this is when I, and of course, then I had boyfriends who are skydivers because, you know, how can you not have one if you like? That's like all you do now. All you <laughs> yeah. do with your time is skydive. That's it. That's what exactly. I mean. It was just absolutely life changing, and that is when I became really successful with my first businesses because I realized hey, like, why lots of money. How, how just for a time frame? How this was in Ukraine when you first went skydiving, and then. At what point what did it start becoming like you said you formed your first business? How old were you? I always had businesses because Ukraine <laughs> Ukraine if you're like employee, they don't really pay you much, like two hundred dollars per, per month. So I started skydiving when I was twenty and I felt like, well, I do need a business. I already was in kind of uh, my first business with uh, I was an interpreter for this dating agency and then I created my own dating agency. This is how I started to work with relationships, right? And then I created my own, like a bigger version of my dating agency. And then I found myself through all these connections that I had in real estate and construction business. I, I do have background in social political sciences and social psychology. So that was, I was studying and then I, I was already running my, you know, business at the time, but the skydiving just kind of like really encouraged me to go bigger. Yeah. I mean, it sounds, it sounds like it, you guys, it sounds like you were just, you knew that you were going to have your own business from an early age. I'm sure well before 20, like you said, because at 20 is when you started your second one, um, which you launched into something even bigger, which we'll totally get into, but like uh, yeah, just the even that in of itself, the awareness that, you know, in America, the typical job is a nine to five corporate job that also kind of goes into what you talked about at the beginning, which are just, are these really my beliefs in how I want to live? Or is this something that society has just said brainwashed you into thinking? Totally. Like, mm -hmm. go to college, go to school, do this, get, get your, married, get a kid. Kids. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then at 20, you start your, the relationship business. So that was like one of the first uh, dating agencies, you know, online. Oh. And because I learned English at a very early age, like I, I asked my parents, put me like, I want to study, like I want to learn English and like, I, I just knew I needed <laughs> so needed it somehow. So, you know, I could speak good English and most of the people at that time, they couldn't really communicate well. And uh, there was a synchronicity. I met this uh, couple that were creating this dating agency. And I was at the beginning, when I was 18, I was invited to be to work as an interpreter. And I worked with them for like for about two years. And then I was like, oh, I can open my own. <laughs> like I opened my own and I started to really grow that business. And it was really successful at the time obviously i made like 10 times more than normal employee in ukraine so i bought my parachute i bought my car and it was like yeah, really? now you don't have to fly out of a janky plane you're actually making your good money so you cannot yeah. be scared of death every time you jump yeah <laughs> um side question are you do you still do you still skydive frequently not anymore not since I, my daughter was born. There was an accident, actually, that the plane crashed in Ukraine and a couple of my friend di friends died. But also I shifted my passion, you know. Oh, I, that's terrifying. Yeah, it was. Uh, well, it, it happens. I mean, but things happen anyway. So sure. the reason I shifted my focus uh, that I discovered a new passion and that is uh, 
transpersonal psychology and breathwork and expanded states of consciousness. So when I moved to California to study all of this and Tantra emerged while I was studying all these modalities. And I, I'm a just passionate person. I need to go 100% in. So all my focus, all my energy went into this new passion and exploration. Yeah. And how old were you when you moved to California? Oh, I was not that young anymore, like 36. 36. And then at that point, you started discovering, like you said, breath work and really going inward and discovering, yeah, just more modalities. So with that, can you enlighten the audience on what Tantra is, what Tantric healing is? Because I think there's just uh, people have heard it, but I don't think a lot of people understand what it is. Yeah, there is lots of confusion about this term, Tantra, and uh, there is also a movement of so-called Neo-Tantra that is Westernized uh, understanding uh, of this ancient teaching and Asian spiritual path and practice. And, you know, most people think, oh, it's just like uh, sexual practices that allow you to have really long... A long-lasting love-making session or something like that but it's so much beyond that and it's not actually sex is not central the reason sex uh, shows up in tantra so much because it's so intense right it's very intense experience and tantra is focused on you know playing the edge uh challenging limits right <laughs> embodiment uh feeling the edge of you know physical uh, experience physic- physical uh, sensation in your body. This is when I realized, like, I was always tantric person because I was always attracted to this visceral, like, really embodiment kind of like experiences. And then I realized, like, wow, this is just the like, more like holistic understanding of these ancient practices, a- ancient wisdom that we have forgotten now we bring it back so holotropic means like holotropic breathwork that i studied means moving towards wholeness right and it's like bringing these pieces together not just focusing on one aspect of this spiritual path of teaching so uh tantra is extremely um, focused on embodiment right experiencing everything in your body and not backing off if something feels intense you're leaning in (laughs) and that's what i studied with breathwork as well we're leaning in into the experience and we also explore different kind of sides of our different aspects of our consciousness through expanded states right we're in expanded states of consciousness side uh no just because like you're talking about this i had a what i perceive as 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 this type of experience because i know you and i had a, a session which was great and i want you to talk about more of like what that breath work looks like briefly but yeah last night i feel like i experienced the first i am consciously seeing or like watching my body shift energies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't know if it was because it was so late and I was having trouble sleeping, but literally just started like playing with the aura and like literally imagining like the energy shooting from one hand to another. And I felt like how it was moving throughout my body and a way I've never experienced before. And so I think it's almost probably hard to explain the because mm-hmm. we hear it so often like just go be quiet be in be still meditate let you know all of these words I feel like that kind of float around our our world and sometimes at least for me they would kind of go in one ear and out the other because I didn't experience it so, but, this so yeah is- if, talk about the like what the breath work really looks like and like feels like for you when you're when you're doing it because I do think probably even if I ask us to do it right now there's almost no way I'm done talking now. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. I love how you bring your personal experience in because this is the most valuable thing, right? We're not just in on the theoretical level. We are like really, yeah. we we experience on our own, and that's what has the highest value. Because if you, people didn't have their own experience, it's really hard to explain what it means. Well, jump out of the plane and experience how it feels. Like you need to know in your body. Your body has the memory on many levels, not just like the verbal interpretation of it. So that's what 
Tantra and breathwork, the, the holotropic breathwork that they studied, and transpersonal psychology kind of embraces these methods, experiential, very intense ones. Uh, they are actually about the feminine spirituality, and feminine spirituality is through embodiment. That's why a Tantra was always a privilege of secret societies. It was never mainstream religion. If you look at all the mainstream religion that became really big, they are all um, about spirituality through transcendence. And this is a masculine pattern. And we live in an extremely masculine world still. We talk now, uh, the feminine is awakening, but the system and structures right now still are very, very masculine. And the history of the whole humankind is very masculine, uh, kind of oriented, very uh, like not balanced, right? So all the religions were talking about like denying the flesh, you know, uh, meditating in the caves and transcending to like spiritual realms, like denying this physical body. But Tantra actually is the opposite. And it invites us to come back to our body and experience full intensity of this, you know, physical existence in this, you know, life form in the physical body. And this is the feminine because the feminine uh, it's very physical and it gives life. Like we give birth, right? So it's like what can be more physical and more spiritual at the same time, right? <laughs> so this is what I love about it. And now we're pulling it back and bringing it back because we're experiencing on the collective level this huge feminine awakening. And it's different from what we had with feminism because we're still mimicking the masculine. Now we're really embracing what is the feminine, remembering, uh, digging deep into history, like ancient Egypt, like, I can bring uh, many examples about that. And uh, when we talk about breath work, right, we see that all these ancient practices that were connected with embodiment and experiencing the mystery of life through our physical body, they had certain uh, similarities, right? So there was a breath, like connecting with our breath, because through breath, we connect with life, right? If we stop breathing, uh, our life stops. So it's breath, it's movements in our physical body, it's using our voice, sound, right? Nonverbal vibrational voice, um, the expression through voice. And there's some kind of stimulation in terms of like external sound, like music, drumming, uh, some kind of rhythm. And we look different cultures, pre-industrial cultures, they all had they all had certain rituals connected with these uh, four fundamental elements, right? They had some ritual dance when they go into France. Right, right, right. Chanting, you know, <laughs> moving, and there is some drum, like uh, music on the background. And all cultures had it. And it was uh, kind of a portal to connect physicality to spirituality through the physical, through the phys physical expression, right? And this is what who we are because we live in the physical body. It's kind of the, it's kind of weird we decided to deny it, right? And go to the head, yeah. or like, <laughs> you know. Yeah, so. and again, I think that goes to like beliefs that get instilled on people that may not actually be theirs. You know, you hear things that are, um, you know, you are not your body. You're not your best. That's just a vessel for you. Like you are your soul. You are all these things that are not a physical form, which, you know, in theory, it's like, okay, yeah, sure. I get that. I get that. It makes sense. And I know that I, who I am as me, as a person, Devin Herrera is not, this is not everything that's covering me because that will change. But that also doesn't mean you deny the feelings throughout your body because that's, that is your vessel. That is what's telling you something's off, something's wrong, or something's great. And, you know, that that's our operating system. So I mm -hmm. think it's really beautiful meshing of the spirituality while staying, you know, grounded and knowing that you are in human form. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that that we can get lost. I know personally, for me, I can get lost in the ethereal a lot. Mm -hmm. um, so I always need to be like reminded to be grounded and recognize like in my human form what that looks like mm -hmm. um so yeah i just think that's a good reminder for people and we don't have to deny our physical body or the the pleasures that we're supposed to experience right like why yes. I, I mean i know for women or i guess i'll just speak for myself like i felt so much shame for reasons i had no idea why 
you know, after a, 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 my first kiss, like, I don't know why I feel so much shame about this. It was great. And now I feel bad about it. It's like a narrative that, you know, societally was just like ingrained for whatever reason. Um, anyway, that's a side note. So you are in, into the thick of it with your work in California and your business starts really growing, right? Like you now, um, you know, treat certain clients, do you have a set roster or do you see people like if anyone listening is like, oh, I'm interested. I want to reach out for a session. Like, what is that? What would that be? Or are you fully booked? Yeah. So I do work with lots of women and couples these days because I do believe we, we need to bring men in. But I usually start to work with women. I usually work with people on the not on the basis of like session to session, but it's like six months program or one year program. I have clients who've been working with me for like three years and it becomes a different relationship. It's like support system, basically. Like I'm their support system. And I'm the one who like, many of them actually claim like, you know me the way nobody knows me because I am the, they're the most intimate, you know, person in their life, confidant. And like, they tell me all the secrets and even their male partner don't know them on this level because we dig really really deep like beyond what uh, traditional therapy went you know like to that boundary so my decision not to be part of it even though I have like two master degrees even though I studied like massively in, in this kind of in this field I want to stand apart and allow myself to grow as fast as you know I feel naturally I want to grow. We challenge the system itself because the system itself is still very conditioned by old patriarchal values. And they're on such deep, deep level that many times we don't realize. We see like a bigger, like the more intense radical stuff, right? Like abuse of the feminine. Yes, it's obvious. But like even in the marriage, in the container of the mar- of ma- a traditional marriage, there is still on the subtle level, there is lots of like, misalignment and like conflict and like oppressions like oh I'm not supposed to do this I'm not supposed to feel this way I'm not supposed to be that like it's just like trying to squeeze ourselves in this narrow boxes of societal expectations of what a relationship supposed to be or should be you know so what I have what when I work with women I just give them permission to be themselves and beforehand admit that truth okay what is the What's real for you? This is my favorite question. <laughs> that instead of asking how are you, we say, okay, what's yes. real? You know? I love that. I so, love that start asking that. What's real? What's real for you? Because yeah. how are you? Everyone answers it the same way. Good yeah. or I'm fine. That's yeah. it. Those are the two options. Oh, things are good. Oh, I'm fine. That's Unless someone's actually being really real with you, at which point <laughs> they will say, that I'm terrible. Things are bad. Things are pretty bad. But you're I, I like that question. Um, so I assume then just based on, you know, talking to you previously and then even just now with the limited time, like the, my question of what prompted you to want to create a documentary was just your desire. You, I'm sure you had a desire and with your, what you've proven to yourself is like, oh, I can do it. Cause I've shown myself that I am capable of doing what I ever I want. Um, so then when you had that thought, I want to create a documentary to show, you know, the, the female experience and show empowered women and and all of that, which you can explain better than I can, um, from that thought to when you started executing, um, or doing your research, like how much time had, had passed in between that? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a very exciting project. Yes. So it actually, uh, one of my clients inspired me to do the documentary because she started to she started to record her own documentary about the feminine work and like fluid dancing and like uh, liquid dancing and she moved to Costa Rica after we worked together for a while and and she wanted to record some of the pieces we worked on as well that's kind of coming up as well but it was like one day I just woke up and like wow, I need to create this big educational documentary so I can show 
what is possible? What's the next stage of our evolutionary progress, right? As humankind, it's like relating feminine and masculine, healing the wounds between feminine and masculine, and you know, creating a completely different container for our relationships, right? And completely rewriting the whole story, dismantling old structures and systems and like institution, like like marriage, for example. Not to the to the idea that is all we go all polyamorous and like created all this mess but to the this awareness of who we are what we want to experience together and take 100% responsibility for relationships so that's how this idea was born and there are three paradigm shifts that I want to share in this documentary the first one is the concept of relationship containers right something that I haven't heard nobody talks about it and the relationship containers is basically what holds our relationship together, right? It's like, what are the conditions? It is conditional. <laughs> Forget about sure, unconditional. Sure, right. yeah. Like, because it's something like the, the good metaphor is like, if you want to, you know, grow a tropical Hawaiian plant, you know, that blooms, you know, in a beautiful way, it requires certain conditions and you have to like provide these conditions for this plant to grow, right? You can't just put it in a desert and expect it to grow or any kind of universal container. No. So uh, we need to provide conditions. The same if like, let's say a woman with certain personality, like certain archetype, because we're all different, she wants certain experience in your her relationship. She wants her relationship to be in certain way, very unique uh, expression of who she is and sustainable, yeah. right? So she needs to provide or she, she and her partner together, they need to provide certain conditions so they can create this relationship and sustain them, right? So not like if we have only one container that is universal and it's based on assumption, there are no agreements made before that. Uh, it's just like kind of an autopilot. Most of the time, even the rela- that even when people are in love and they have that good connection, even the soulmates, they still fail to create what they want to create because they don't know how to create the conditions. They don't know the concept of relationship containers because they can be customized infinitely for every couple, right? The way they want it. And it's all about permission, 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 creativity, you know, taking action of what is your truth. So, Tantric container of sacred union that I offer is extremely customizable and it's based on this fundamental agreement of truth and growth. And this is how we provide these conditions that, you know, we desire to create this tropical plant, you know, (laughs) or maybe we want to create, I mean, some underwater seaweed. I would like to create some underwater seaweed. (laughs) (laughs) But, But yeah, I mean, that, that I think it's, I mean, the irony of me saying it doesn't put it in a box because you're literally talking about a container, but like the, I think, you know, the five love languages, obviously that blew up. Everyone knows about the five love languages book. A lot of couples have taken Mm -hmm. tests. A lot of women have been like, I'm this, so you need to accommodate this. And I think it's helped so many people. But like you said, taking it a step further to be like, okay, great. That's that's a good next step. But there's not just five love languages. Like mm-hmm. the, the possibilities are infinite. And just because you have somebody who is, you know, willing to provide you your number one physical touch, like, yeah, that doesn't mean your relationship is going to succeed your partner is touching you and that's your number one love language like there's so mm-hmm. many ways to doing that so i think even the importance of you saying there are plenty of people you've seen that are soulmates i mean who knows like there's theories about that but that are soulmates that don't make it because they probably haven't done the work internally themselves either even knowing how to be healthy in a relationship mm-hmm. Anyway, I digress. So that was your number one paradigm that you wanted to talk about in the documentary. What's number two? (laughs) So number two is the female sexuality. This is Mm -hmm. something that was completely erased from human societal practice, history. It was not really even considered as something that completely different from the masculine and we don't have any education around it in general we have very limited education about sexuality and this is like a i feel it's like a 
tragic situation because young people grow up in the society they have nothing to they have no resources to use to learn so what do they do they go and watch porn and what is porn is masculine sexuality the way men roll <laughs> and it's pretty basic and it's kind of crude and women don't like it and then those young men trying to apply those techniques and approaches in their relationship and they're like they don't work and women don't relate to them and they actually like on the opposite side so it's like we like it's like we have urgency for this education we have urgency to bring information and education about female sexuality and the female sexuality is a gateway this is like part of the tantric teachings it's a gateway to higher level of um, intimacy higher level of spirituality it's uh, it's basically a portal to these experiences that we most people never experience like based on this even interviews i see women's like what do you mean like what is this healing sexuality what is sexual healing what is the transformational level of sexuality when you become one and merge into one and this like it's more like a poetry or it's some some kind of fairy tale or it's maybe a legend <laughs> but people are like, I don't know what you're talking about. I've never experienced it in my body. So how can I even know that it is available? So most people just like, even if they have this kind of like deeper uh, longing in their body, mostly women, they just shut it down and think, oh, I need to be practical. I need, this is, this is live. The grandma said like, that's live, just accept it the way that it is. It's not, it's, it's a product of our civilization and our culture. So what we need to do, we need to educate ourselves and our men about uh, female sexuality <laughs> and it works the opposite way uh, from you know how masculine sexuality works it's a network so it's like if you see if you watch the avatar movie remember that tree was a network and all the people and creatures in that forest they were connected to the network that's what it is right and when we access this network and we learn how to navigate you know, this amazing, beautiful network of arousal and, you know, and sensation and everything that is connected also to emotional intimacy, spiritual intimacy, and, you know, like mental connection and intellectual connection, everything together. This is when we open these gates to much higher level of intimacy relationships, you know, the foundation for a more beautiful, prosperous, balanced society as well. Because then women, uh, first, this is the way women can finally get fulfilled with the intimate relationships, feel understood and be empowered because we are, women are leaders in this area. We are intimate leader, uh, leaders. I, this is what I teach in my, you know, my private work and my workshops is that we are intimate leaders. And so we are bringing it forward. But before we bring it forward, we need to feel safe because when we look back into history, we, we didn't have right conditions to bring that, uh, bring this knowledge and wisdom because we were burnt in fire as witches, you know? And it's not it was not that long ago. Even like in the United States, when women did uh, get their freedoms and rights, like yeah. 1960s, like when the feminism. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It wasn't right. It's not like we're talking in like the BCs. We're not talking like it was not that long ago in the grand scheme of things. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's shocking. And even just with you talking about that, I'm thinking of, you know, what we hold, why we hold shame or what we hold shame with and most everything is the short answer, but with mental health and human, like the, the sexuality for women, embracing that, those are two things I feel like that are huge um, opportunities for women specifically to experience shame over. And of course, mental health, you know, for men too. Um, but it's just funny how those are on two opposite ends of the spectrum where we're talking about mental health in a, I'm feeling terrible, I have depression, therefore I have shame. And then the other side, which is like, I feel amazing, I have shame. And mm. that's just so, that's so tragic. And mm. I am so glad that the world is at least being, opening up their eyes more. And your people like you are helping us see that there's not one way, there's so, there's unlimited ways of mm. being 
And it's really just who we are and getting to know that, which no one can really do the work for us and tell us what our morals should be. It's like, no, what, what feels right for you? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I just had that, that observation. And I think it's very curious that we have two huge opportunities for shame with two totally different sides of the spectrum. Um, yeah. And, that, and with that, that comes from, from a social and cultural conditioning, because the woman who was connected to her senses and sensual women and sexual women, they were recognized as, a, as prostitutes because woman was seen only uh, through the lens of childbirth, like you producing these children for the society and that's it's appropriate to have sex under these circumstances <laughs> not for pleasure not you know like they're just crazy there is a ted talk like from like in africa in, in certain places in africa they cut off like uh, clitoris of young girls so it's like yeah. it's insane what is still going on right it's still like so, still yeah that still happens that's yeah it's absolutely crazy um yeah, I can't even fathom. And that's, I mean, in and of itself, a whole other massive like hole to dive into with human rights and, you know, other parts of the country or the world, which are just so rural and not, no government, nothing. Um, but yeah, again, for another time with that, I'm going to do a drum roll for a paradigm number three. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So the third, uh, paradigm shift is about how can we experience this healing and transformational level of intimacy. So there are in tantric uh, world, we recognize four levels of intimacy, the sexual intimacy, but it's more in holistic way. We need emotional intimacy, especially women to connect and mental and spiritual. So we need to embrace it on four levels. So the basic one is like kind of animalistic, uh, reproductive, right? So it's just like based on instincts. And many times in the, you know, when we look back in our history, this is how men operated. That's why there was so much like abuse of the feminine. It was just like this animalistic, it it connected with aggression and pure instinct. Uh, the second level is a recreational, <laughs> and this is where we um, collectively, this is where we're located. Most of people, whatever industry was connected with sexuality, even like for women, it's still recreational. It's for having fun and enjoying ourselves. Yeah, having, uh, you know, embracing pleasure. It's nice, you know, uh, and it is positive, but there is more available. And this is where people like get a bit, confused like what 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 is that (laughs) so the healing level this is when we actually use sexual connection and intimacy with our partner to heal our trauma and it can be trauma connected with sexuality or not connected with sexuality but this is the best and the most and deepest healing i like to say uh your lover is your best healer. And this is true when we both do the work, when we show up on the high level and we know, you know, how to create these experiences, how to do these practices, uh, open up our consciousness to this. This is can be a very profound experience of healing and connection for both women and men. Uh, and uh, usually we need so-called expanded states of consciousness experiences. That's why we use breath work, right? That's why we use all these elements to open up on that level. And this is when we can experience like heart orgasm, right? Or like full body orgasm and like emotional response, like crying and like yeah. uh, moving and shaking. And this is our body response. Like shaking is actually very therapeutic, very healing. And it happens when we experience this healing level of sexuality. And it's extremely beautiful and bonding. This is when you bond with your partner on a deeper level. This is when you create that sacred union that you never had it before with anybody else. This is what is the most powerful glue, you know, to, to bring people together for a lifetime partnership as well. Like, like something that much, much deeper, deep. it opens up like the new dimension basically. And then when we work through that, um, what becomes available is more transpersonal experiences when our consciousness expands and through sexual experiences, we, ha- we can have similar 
experiences like when we have medicine work like ayahuasca or whatever mushrooms whatever people do out there psychedelics like through breath work we can have that like when we become whatever we can imagine like we expand to the place where we can feel oneness with everything with each other with everything we become telepathic we our consciousness opens up and this is actually organic uh uh, it's organic nature of who we are because uh, when we are aroused, when we are intimate with our partner, when we have an orgasm, our body produces DMT, which is they call it the chemical of the God, uh, that allows us to expand our consciousness and have all these experiences. So, this is something that is already designs in our body we just don't know how to unlock it and when we look back into like ancient egypt they had these secrets and they they talk about it and like the chakra system energetic centers they talk about it they they build temples um, that represent different chakras and there are different glands in our body that connect with this chakra with the chakra as well so it's like there is so much there to learn and like implement particularly implement like an experience um, that can unlock completely new dimensions for us and for like it's also like a huge adventure of self-exploration as well not just like for connecting with another but it's just like wow yeah. i couldn't imagine that my body is capable to have these experiences yeah and i think even too, because I think what we let a lot of our inhibitions go, right? We hear the terms like liquid courage or give me a shot before I go talk to this person, or I need to get drunk and then I'll do this. And listen, I, I love drinking. I love partying. I love being social. I, I'm a social drinker. I think that's, I, I do enjoy it, but I think the, um, like what you're talking about is the opposite, but almost kind of gives the same result in the letting inhibitions go but you're doing it in a way that's all within yourself, nothing external needed, right? Even uh, like, again, advocate for whatever people want to do, whether it's ayahuasca or, you know, mushrooms or whatever to explore the universe in their own brain. But knowing that you have the ability to practice breath work and get to a similar, if not the same place to open up your mind and experience that oneness is, I mean, first of all, you don't have to pay for it right? <laughs> the, to breathe. You don't have to pay to breathe. Yeah, exactly. um, so even having that option is, is a huge deal. So, you know, in, in an effort to be conscious of time, I mean, I literally could talk to you about this type of stuff for like the rest of the night, for like hours, <laughs> but what would you do you have um, on your website? Do you have anything that would show people, give people like a, a, a general brief understanding of what the breath work itself looks like of course they can go on youtube but i would love to send them your way yeah that yeah that's perfect so i do have a uh, a separate branch of business just breathwork and consciousness work so i have a separate website for that and i do have live uh workshops once in a while and also i have my you know, intimacy, intimate universe brands, and I have my website for that. And there is uh, foundational things. Uh, I have, you know, free gifts that I, I will provide link for you, of course, so people can check it out about relationship containers, like uh, it's called the inventory of your relationship containers. So you can really become more mindful and more aware of what you want to create with your partner. And that is free with like uh, video and, uh, Oh. And a workbook. And then I have a whole online course that actually like foundation of what I'm teaching, like the Fam Tantra, right? Basic based on uh, female sexuality and all these things that we discussed today, like a in-depth study and how actually share it with your partner and uh, co-create this experience of sacred union. I think just getting that understanding and even even incorporating that everything becomes you have to do everything so consistently in order for it to become a habit, of course. But, you know, even introducing your consciousness to that ability, I think is a big step. So the last question for me, I want to just circle it back to the documentary just because, I mean, my own personal curiosity. Are you giving yourself a deadline as to when you want it done by? 
<laughs> I just like not a big fan of that word. <laughs> I know, I know. And I don't imagine you would. I'm just I'm curious for personal reasons. I will give myself a few years because uh, I really want to create a great foundation and pull, pull in all the resources. So right now I'm like in this network kind of mode, like pulling in everybody yeah. who wants to participate, contribute, uh, investigating how I can create the whole vision about it, like the, you know, the creative, creative part. I do have the idea for what I want to put there for sure. The content is there. It's like, who is going to participate? I want to invite two archaeologists that, uh, who created uh, documentaries about Asian Egypt talking about empowered feminine that was forgotten. They want to, I want them to share that knowledge that they was digging out. There were two women that I was like, you know, the mirror from the ancient times. Like, okay, what was happening at that time? Why, why we... We've forgotten all of this. And a few more, maybe neuroscientists who will talk about the chemical part, like DMT part, like in our brain. Like that's, I wanted to become really solid. Yes, 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 right. It's like, if you're putting together something with this magnitude, trying to send a, a message that's so close to your heart, you have to, like you have to take the time to Get those interviews with scientists and make sure that you are effectively sending the message that you want to, because then what are you doing? What's another year in the grand scheme of things? If this is going to be an educational documentary that could, who knows, potentially be something that's like filtered out to this, the education through the education system, you know, whether that's mm -hmm. college professors studying something within intimacy at, at their universities or, you know, uh, or if it's high school appropriate at a certain age, because again, it's like, there is a fine line of being ex exploitative and then of being just raising awareness and, and having people embrace just who they are as people. But I guess my point in saying all of that is, yeah, uh, I can't wait because I know it's going to be just captivating and undoubtable that's perfect yeah we can talk to about that and all this uh you know the stories the personal stories have lots of value i think it just having that expanded awareness to see oh my gosh all of these women have this experience and this is how to, this, there's another way that tells our brains something even though we haven't experienced yet ourselves i'm talking about just someone watching like seeing that on screen, all of these women from all these different walks of life having such similar like repression is that in and of itself is so empowering, which is mm -hmm. basically the, the baseline of what you're trying to accomplish. So yeah. Yay. Lana Elko. I so appreciate your time and you're just, you know, I love vibing with you. It's so fun. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. It's my pleasure and honor to be here with you.